A note to the listener, this episode was recorded in 2018. Hope you enjoy. Today's product I love is Bi-Optimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough. I've been taking this for years, and I've noticed a big impact in my recovery and sleep quality. The interesting thing about magnesium is there are seven different forms, and each one does something different in the body. So really, you want all seven. Magnesium Breakthrough does contain all seven forms, so it upgrades just about every function in the body. It promotes heart health. It improves the ability to deal with stress and helps relax. It helps with mood, cognitive function, and mental health. Promotes healthy blood sugar hormone function and promotes healthy metabolism. Supports exercise performance and recovery. Improves sleep quality. Builds stronger bones. Promotes healthy blood pressure. Promotes balanced and healthy immune system. It even supports vitamin D activation and metabolism. My mom takes Magnesium Breakthrough, my dad takes it, my siblings take it, and they all swear by it. Try it for yourself at bioptimizers.com or check the link in my Instagram bio. And be sure to use my code RIKER for 10% off. Your body will thank you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Glass Half Full. I know we had a week off, but we are back and we are coming hot with Michael Rosenbaum. This is probably the funniest episode. I laugh, I think, the entire hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is. He is one freaking funny dude, and I hope you really, really enjoy it. I make Michael Rosenbaum a vanilla iced Bulletproof coffee, and it's quite good. And if you want to order anything from Bulletproof, go to bulletproof.com, enter the discount code RIKER, R-I-K-E-R, and you save 10% off your order so definitely check that out the uh the ice bulletproof coffee i used mito sweet it's a completely natural sweetener sweeten it up a little bit i use grass-fed collagen protein from bulletproof their vanilla flavor made it a little vanilla like a kind of ice vanilla latte kind of a vibe um and of course nice high quality bulletproof beans and some brain octane it's a it's a good summer iced coffee um, Michael Rosenbaum, I mean, this guy has done so much. Lex Luthor on Smallville, Martin X in Guardians of the Galaxy, Buddy Dobbs on Impastor. Those are probably my favorites of his, but he's done so much more, so definitely check it out. Also, just so you know, he sort of references Gus and Gordy, who are my co-producers and camera operators on the show, so that's who he's talking about when he says Gus or Gordy. Um, just in case you didn't know that they are there and, um, those are actually my cousins as well. So, uh, it's a fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. Glass half full. Here is Michael Rosenbaum. Okay. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum. How dare you? <laughs> what a treat, my Fist Dude, bumps forever. You, gotta, yes. you give the fist bumps, Riker? Are you a fist bumper? Um, I do a couple fist bumps now and then. I, me, me and the boys, uh, me and me and my boys have like the, yeah, we got the slide. Yeah, me, yeah. Me well, and my you brothers. know, there's a lot. You meet a lot of people, and yeah. let's let's face it, some people are dirty. Yeah. I'm not saying all people, but like you know, like for uh-huh. instance, Gus, Gus, your camera guy. He's a, he's there's a tad filthy edge. And yeah, you don't know where his hands are. You, you just don't know. They're working on his cameras ass. all day. Cameras, well, cameras are dirty. Mm-hmm. Cameras are like hands-on. You know, one day he's dirty, the next day he might have taken a bath. You don't know. You just don't know. The point is, fist bumps, you're protecting it. Look, so you're not getting yeah. any of this. You just, and you just go and you touch your lips. Yeah. I'm just saying, some people are dirty. I'm a, I'm a hugger, too. I like hugs. I'm a fugger. Fugger. Yeah. You're like, 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 like a fucking hugger? <laughs> no, no. I hug, too. I think hug... Hugs, like... This could be seen disingenuous. It could be seen yeah. impersonal when you go, hey, man, all right. And they're like, what a douche, man. So if you just lean in and you just lean, go, hey, yeah. man, nice to meet you, man. Oh. 
Yep, and then you Good smell the hair. Yeah. Yeah. And you bathed today. I did. Unlike I'm a us. very clean person. You are. I, I very much enjoy a shower. It's really hard for me to go to sleep without taking a shower. Really, you like to uh, bathe? Are you a bather? I, I enjoy a, like a nice hot uh, magnesium salt bath. Yeah. Magnesium salt bath. Mm-hmm. That seems uh, Mag- tranquil. Magnesium bath salt. Flakes. Relaxing. Does I, it help you just... Relaxing, really good for muscles. I'm pretty active. I play a lot of uh, um, ice hockey, as you know. Yeah, you we do. we play hockey together. You're you're good. Thank you. You as well. Thanks. I'm older. You are, and yeah. you're still you're still good. You're still fast. I'm getting better. I think I'm at, playing harder. At the lately. last celebrity game, I don't think I won a single face off against you. I think you won. All, I was I think working there was, there was on them. Three or four of them. Really? And you won all of them. Yeah. I'll show you a little trick I learned. Yeah, I need some. Yeah. I need some practice. You don't play a lot though. You, we, you, you play every week? Recently, I've been playing every week. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Been, we should play together. It's been fun. I like yeah. The, I, like, I want to play with you guys. It's I, fun. I text you every once in a while when we go skate with uh, with these guys for the. You guys puck. skate. The camera guy skate. Yeah. Well, let's do it. What, what night? Wednesdays? We go like Wednesdays after, afternoon or mornings. I'd be up for that. All right. I'll keep you posted. Yeah. The next time we go. I like to do it. Yeah. <laughs> this is really delicious. Thank you for the Bulletproof. You're welcome. And I'm not just saying that because I know you're, you know, they, they sponsor you and everything. But Bulletproof is, I have it at my house. And, you know, if I'm tired in the morning and uh, I need a little boost, I put a little Bulletproof. Yeah. Whether I have a decaf, calf, whatever you want. <laughs> You just put yeah. it in there, and it almost makes you a little sharper. It does. It's kind of like laser-like energy is how I describe yeah. it. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Well, you've done. You did my podcast. Yeah, yeah. we did. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, you and you and your brother Ross came along, and that was a real treat. Big numbers for that one. That was fun. Really we, interesting. I, I felt like I got inside both of you at one time. Uh, I, yeah, it was like kind of like a double, you know, thing. We yeah. Had right. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, uh, you can catch that on iTunes. For free. There you go. Check that out. We'll put links in uh, I know, yeah, yeah. in below as well. But um, yeah, we met first time. Yeah, was in at Sundance, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. We were there yeah. for the Echoes of Hope charity. And I introduced you. Game. Yes, and I remember going through the program about who was going to be there, and I see Michael Rosenbaum, and I'm like. Oh my God! You guys, Lex Luthor is going to be there. Come on! Because we grew up watching Smallville. I love it. And that was the coolest thing. You were always my mom's favorite character on the really? show. Really? Every she yes. didn't tell me that. Oh yeah, we've had some moments we, too. We've yeah, we watched um, as a family. That was like our show growing up. That I love, it. And, I love hearing and that. And Alias, and you were always my mom's favorite. And it was so cool to see you in that character. Because you're you you are so well, and it's real it's pretty dark, and you you're, you know you're the you're the villain, obviously. And then seeing you <laughs> yeah. on stage, then you meet me, and you're like, uh, you are hilarious. Thank like you. that that whole intro speech at the, at Echoes of Hope, like we were side stage getting ready to walk out, and we're all five of us are just cracking up, laughing, tears in our eyes, like it was so. Well, I appreciate funny. that. You know, I it's funny because I think people assume. This is Lex Luthor. He's a yeah. billionaire, brilliant, uh, dangerous individual. And they meet me, and you're like, you're none of those things. <laughs> no, and you're, fact, yeah, women are even. They meet me, you're like, oh my god, he doesn't, oh, he doesn't own a fucking suit. <laughs> is that a conversion van in your driveway? What the? F-? You know what I mean? So, I've always been a goofball. No one ever expected I'd play such a serious part, and then I did, and I, you know, it was convincing, I guess, and people really loved it. Was, it. It, it was, was so convincing. I love hearing that. You never get people go, don't you get tired of hearing Lex? Luthor? I'm like. If it's the only thing I, I had ever done, wouldn't that be enough? 
yeah. playing that iconic role for seven years. So it, it was it was a great time. And like meeting you guys there, I was like, who are you guys? <laughs> I didn't know you because look, I listen to seventies and eighties, but right. which I like is your music has a little flair. And then when I started learning and listening, I was like, these guys have that edge, that kind of fun energy and that that coolness that I like. That I yeah. miss. You go you go back in your music. You could feel that. And so when you played, I'm like, I like these guys. Thanks, man. And not only that, but you were like, uh, I'm used to dysfunction. Uh, a lot of dysfunction in my family. Uh-huh. You see it around, but then you see your family, I'm sure there's dysfunction. We definitely have our moments. But you guys are together, and you, you, you work together, and you play together, and it was just, it was nice. It was, it was one of those moments where I think we were just both excited. Like, I felt like, wow, these guys watch Smallville. This is great. And I was yeah. like, oh, I like their music. And so it was kind of a mutual respect. And it we it was. Friends. It definitely was. And we've become friends. And now we've played multiple hockey games together. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just I remember just being so blown away because you were so good. And I've watched a, a lot of your other work as well. But Lex Luthor was, like, part of my childhood as you. And then seeing you on stage, it, it was just – it was so fantastic to really realize just how good you really are as an actor. Oh. And then how funny you are well, in person. You. And then even, you know, in other roles like um, – you know, Buddy and Impasser. We watched that. Yeah, you guys, I'm telling you, they were my sports. So funny. You know, the, the show only lasted two years, and I really loved doing Impasser. It was a fun show. It was dark. and it was so funny. And you guys would, like, email me, go, dude, we fucking love the new show. And it was just, again, that, that funness, that mutual respect we had. You're like, yeah. hey, come do our music video. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, never, that's right. Never you're, done a music video. And so you're in all I, night. I appeared in one of your yeah. Yeah, all night video. And, uh, and then you guys came on my, uh, I, I got a, a a bus for Halloween. Yes, the whole the we whole there. family was on my bus, and we just had a good time. We were all dressed up. Isn't and, that uh, kind of awesome? How you just sort of spontaneously meet someone at a at an event, and you or just whatever, connect, and you just connect, and it just sort of yeah, yeah it sparks a relationship. And <laughs> I brought my uh, friend Carrie and Janine to the uh, the Greek. It yes. was sold out. It was awesome. Gus, have you heard them? You like their band? <laughs> you don't have to whisper, Gus. Gus is whispering. He's being respectful. He is being respectful. Uh, Gordy's the one that's disrespectful. Gordy. <laughs> Uh, but I brought Carrie and my friend Deneen and you know they're like, oh my god, you know, he's like, oh, is this your friend? They're online, Carrie, and she, oh, I'm gonna kill her because she goes, does he play bass? <laughs> I'm like, she goes, oh my god. I go, bass. Bass. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but we went and they were blown away because they were like, oh, I think initially for for R five, you know, uh, everyone thought, you know, oh, well, they're young and they're yeah, yeah. it's like it, yeah, and then you the guys first... are playing the Beatles or the Stones or like, I'm like, what the? Yeah, it, we it did was, a Prince a, cover at that Prince cover, at, and at the girls show. were blown away. If you wanted some older ass, you guys would have got it because <laughs> I hang out with an older crew. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? They're gonna kill me. <laughs> How did you get into acting anyway? How did I get into acting? Um, you know. I, it's probably a very similar story that other actors share, but I, I wasn't cool in high school. I think you could probably tell. I actually would not have guessed that. Not the shortest kid in my high school. I was five foot three as a graduating senior. I grew like eleven inches in the next two years. Wow. I was a late bloomer, and um, no one really got me. I had like no ball hair, nothing. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. But um, it was just kind of like uncomfortable. I was trying to fit in in all these groups. Was I part of the goth group? I wasn't popular. I was kind of like nobody really knew me. Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't fit in anywhere. So I remember taking an acting class because it was a free A, and I finally did a play. And I remember I did Grease. Oh, nice. Who and you I, I was the DJ, Vince Fontaine. Oh, and I remember nice. I was like, hey, hey, it's the main brain, Vince Fontaine, spinning the stacks of wax here at the House of Wax, W A X X, Cruising Time. 
1026 sharpshooters pick it of the week a brand new one shooting up the charts like a rocket by the Velvet du Rays. And I remember doing that <laughs> and I went over and over and I was so nervous and so, you know, and finally I do the play the next day. I'm walking down the hallway and this popular kid walks by me, Chris Pro. He's quarterback for the team. He goes, "Hey, Rosenbaum." He knows my name. It's like you're funny in that play. <laughs> I'm like, "Thank you." And then he walked off and I go, I get it. So not being me is good. So being someone else. So that's sort of like a confidence I had when I was on Uh stage. I was someone else and I was accepted. And that's why I started acting, which is probably not the best, but it was an outlet for me. And I didn't belong anywhere. I didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't that smart. Or maybe I was a little smarter than I was, but I didn't have the guidance or the the support team. I think it's very important as a kid to have someone who believes in you, parents who believe in you. My parents, I mean, I think they tried, maybe, but they were young when they had kids, and my, you know, it just, it was a difficult thing. So I found acting, and I started doing it through high school, and I fell in love with it. And I remember, there's this guy. You can cut the story if it's boring, but this guy comes to Western Kentucky. He was, uh, he had gone to Western. His name was Leo Burmester. He was in the movie mm-hmm. The Abyss. He had a big beard. He'd been in a ton of Broadway, ton of, and he, they said he's coming to Western Kentucky, and uh, graduating seniors are able to do a monologue. Well, I wasn't graduating. I was a junior, so I told the head, I go, hey, I'm not graduating, but I pay money to this school, Yeah, I want to do a monologue for this guy. Because in my brain, I said, he's going to, I swear to God, this is how I thought. This is, this is being naive, but ambitious and young and not giving a shit, which you lose as you get older. And that drive when you're young, I think, is what is so special mm-hmm. about, you know, just being young. But I remember he came, I thought, he's going to come into town. I'm going to do a monologue. He's going to say, you're amazing. You're a star. He's going to bring me to New York. Uh, I'm going to just become a star, and that's it. Uh-huh. I swear to God, that's in my head. Right. I couldn't tell anybody this because, like, you're a fucking egotistical <laughs> little shit. But I thought it, man. Gordy, I fucking thought it. So you got to think these things. So Leo Burmester comes into town, and everybody gives a monologue, and I'm the last one to go. And I come up, and I do this monologue. And he goes, come here for a second. Do it again, but this time I want it. To, to hurt you like what you're saying really hurts you it was the opposite way I'd anticipated okay. and I did it he goes come here this, this time I want you to be hurtful or something and I did it again and again I'm like oh my god either I'm terrible I don't know what's going on but I'm the only one he really gave notes to over and over right. and then he comes up to me as the bell rings and the whole class has been watching me do this shit over and over which I'm like going oh my god <laughs> and he goes you have a lot of talent you don't stop because you're gonna make it. You do not. You cannot stop. You're really fucking good. Nice. And I never really. I've heard like, oh, you're great. You're. But this is from someone who was in the industry. Right. Who yeah, I, yeah. And I go, and I got numb. And then later on, the teacher who didn't initially like me goes, Mr. Rosenbaum, believe it or not, Leo Burmester, he said that you were the only one or one of the few that really has a shot at this. And I go. Like, and, dude, two days later, I got a call. I still have the phone call on tape. Hey, it's Leo. Listen, if you ever come to New York, I want to introduce you to my agent. I flew to New York the next week. I met his agent, but I decided to go back home and graduate. But anyway, the shit that I that had... That is it, cool. The shit that I had that said, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to go down. Yeah. It's amazing the power of the mind and the power yes. of thought, positive thinking. And that's sort of like... What I'm dealing with now, it's like you get in ruts. We all get in ruts. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I got in a rut in the last couple months where it wasn't like work wise. It was just like you know one of those ruts. Yeah. You know, personal life shit and like trying to like you know I'm 45. I was thinking, what the fuck? You know, what do I really want? What's my purpose? What do I really want to do? And it's amazing what positive thinking can do. It just is. waking up and thinking, not thinking about what you don't have. Think about what you do have. Yes. Not thinking of the shit that happened to you. Think of the shit that's happened to you that's really good. So it's like it's amazing the, how the mind works, and if it you really can control is, yeah. that in any way, it's uh, so. Long story. That's great though. Oh, wow, mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it was. A, it's it's been a it's been a crazy ride. I really didn't think I'd amount to shit. Uh, if you if you were talking to me as a, a freshman in high school, I would have. I, I didn't think I'd make it. You know, like some of those kids. Like I don't. I wouldn't say have, have like death wishes. Uh-huh. Like they, but I was one of those kids. Like I don't want to die. But I felt like I'm just not gonna live long. I had this feeling that I'm, I'm not gonna. I don't huh. know how. What's gonna happen to me? I don't feel like I belong in this world. It was weird. It was like I was going through the motions, and uh, then you start to find your way. Yeah. And with a little guidance and everything, so it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, that's a great story, man. I'm, I'm very, I'm so happy that you found. Thanks. I've never told so that, that story, really. Really. I don't think I've ever told that story. That's good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy we have an exclusive. <laughs> Gordy, how do you feel about that story? <laughs> we got a thumbs up from Gordy. Dude, dude, this bulletproof good. is making me do... What'd you put in here to make me talk about all these stories? <laughs> you know, a little secret ingredients called Brain Octane. Health is wealth, my friend. Health is wealth, health yeah. Is wealth. I'm, on, I'm, I'm on the health train right now. That's why I'm kind of like... Yeah, you look good. You look cut. This. Thank you. Uh, you you're, you're in here is good. I'm going to tell you, in about 10, 15 years... Things are going to start to loosen up. <laughs> not, not just your bowels, Riker. What's going to happen is uh, you get a little soft. And yeah. no matter how many sit-ups and push-ups you do, it's just this shit happens. So well, there's testosterone. There's is, things that yeah. you can take. But I wouldn't recommend taking anything. No supplements. Yeah. Unless they're healthy supplements. Healthy, yeah. Natural, earth-grown, healthy, natural supplements I'm all about. But, yeah, anything that has to be cooked up in the lab, you got to watch out yeah, for. Yeah, right? And the girl that I'm kind of seeing now, you know, she kind of rubs my... My Buddha belly a little bit because I got a little one. I covered up in this Hernandez shirt right here. He's a baseball player. Nice. But I can cover it up, but she'll go, oh, that's manly. I like it. It's manly. I'm like, manly Buddha? Well, I don't want her to talk about it. (laughs) Just don't bring it up. Be respectful. I don't want to hear your comments You can know it's there, but I don't want to talk about it. I mean, we don't have to talk about negative things about each other. I, I don't like it. You guys, did you ever have to deal that with a girlfriend's like, I don't know, Riker, I don't know. Your eyes could be richer. Um, I, I think I dated a girl that had that sort <laughs> like, of quality. Like you could change your eyes. Yeah, right? And you're like, what the hell are you talking Like, what did What'd she say? say? What'd she say? Um, I, th- I think it was a hair thing. Like, I don't, like, I think I got my hair cut. Like, I don't I, like your hair, Riker. Like it's a little surfer Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those. Yeah, I get shit all the and time. And I was just like, what? Well, I get because I'm getting older. She's like... Are those freckles or... I go, no, there's fucking sun damage, man. Lay off me. I'm fucking 45. Wait till you're like five years older because it happens to girls before it happens to guys. That's how I get it back. I'm like, you're younger than me. Just wait. Guys age nicely, gracefully. Yes, definitely. We're very fortunate in that. I don't know if that's true. Sure. I'm an old Jew. I'll probably be shitting my pants in another month. <laughs> you know? It's, I mean, it's... It, but you could that that's a funny funny scene like have, you should that, write that, that have, should, have you ever written do you like to write oh yeah I just wrote a script uh, a pilot I've sold like four pilots none of them got picked up to series oh. but I sold them um, so what happens you know when you sell a script you write a script you sell it to a network you pitch the network you sell it and then um, they pay you they pay you X amount of money for three drafts and then after the third draft they decide to pick it up to series or not or right. shoot a pilot 
And so I haven't had that luck. I sold four or five of them, but um, so we're gonna go out. The new one, this is more like kind of like a Breaking Bad, a funny, little funnier Breaking Bad with me as cool. the lead. We're gonna pitch it, so yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so I think it'd be. Is that, so I was curious, did, uh, as far as like Impasser, were you involved in that? Yeah, in, I was an uh, executive producer on that. So That's yeah, right. I was, it was awesome because, you know, a lot of times they'll give you a producer credit, go, oh yeah, just take that credit and you can, you know, whatever. But right. I was like, I was hands on. I was. Every person who got cast in that show, I had, you know, it was me and three other executive producers who had to make the decisions nice. on cuts. We had our notes and they, you know, you give your notes and they, it was just, it was very uh, hands-on. So it was fun, but it was, it was difficult. Like it was, I learned a lot, but it's, imagine working 16 hours, 14, 16 hours as a lead actor on a show. And then you got And then go home and go, Michael, we need you to chime in about these actors. And you have to watch, tw- you know, an hour of tape. Yeah. And then you have to like, so, but it, it was worth it. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, great. I think that show was so funny. It is, and, and this so is like well done. I think it was just like either like I feel like if it if it had like a, a bigger um, a plat, bigger platform, I think it would have really really yeah, succeeded I, because I think like you know if Netflix or Amazon or Hulu, you know, because everything's just so streaming now yeah. that it's it's a lot of people just don't have cable TV anymore. Yeah. So I think if it, because that show was so good and you yeah, were it was so a fun, fun. Thank you. I, you know, we had a fun time doing it. It was one of those lucky things where you work four months a year really hard. You had the rest of the yeah. year off, and it was it was magical and it was funny. And I got to be physical. I got to uh, improvise, which I love to do, and uh, it was a real treat. And um, this show that I just wrote that we're going to go out with is if that show was just dark with less humor, right. Humor, but like it goes down a dark alley, and it doesn't like. I think like this show, it was fun, but it got a little hokey at times for me, mm-hmm. and I loved it still. But for this, I don't want you know for the next one, I want it to be more, even more grounded. Right, right, right. Really grounded, where the jokes come out of real situations. Like there's a scene where I walk in and my mom fucking my friend, you know, <laughs> and it's just not, you know, it's not a good thing. Yeah, and it's, it's just, just like, uh, and then he keeps doing it, and it's just like, oh on, no, man. yeah. Uh, but it's really funny though. Is there <laughs> a is, is there a twenty something blonde surfer dude looking guy? I'll find role? one. I'll find one. I mean, I, hey, dude, I, if this show gets picked up and I'm the creator, man, I, I'm gonna have all my friends come in. Yeah, that's the thing I do. It's like when I have, I did a directed movie called Back in the Day. I, I watched that. Yeah, a little raunchy comedy made for no money. If you want to see so it, funny, Nick though. Swartz and Marina Backron from um, what's the movie? Uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. She's the lead with uh, Ryan Reynolds and. Uh, Harlan Williams from Dumb and Dumber. Anyway, I directed so this little movie and I was leading it. And, uh, you know, that was one of those little things where you could just do what you want. And yeah. it was a blast. It was a blast. It looked like a blast. Yeah. I love your uh, production company too, Rose and Bomb. Rose and Bomb Productions. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. My brother worked with me on it. So it's great when you can use all your friends. I was hiring all my friends. Like, What was it like directing? You know, if I can go back and change, so the only thing I would change is like, it's, I, I wouldn't change anything, but I would never direct a feature film where I'm the lead actor in it. Okay. I just think that's too hard for me. I want to focus on one. Yeah. So what happens with, it's like you almost, you get up there and you block with the actors, like you're doing a scene. You're like, okay, we're going to do this and this. And it's hard to really be in the moment. I knew how to turn on and be my character, but... I would have loved to have been behind the camera more, just like watching things because yeah. I, I'm gonna go, you know what would be better if we jump back on a wider lens and let this scene just play out and go, you know, wow, I wanna get a close up of that while she's doing that. That's hilarious. Yeah. You don't want to change that. And you're but when you're in the scene, you can't really do that. You're like 
you're going through the motions of acting. Yeah, you, you have to be in the moment. Did you watch each? No, uh, I each couldn't. Take? I, I, you know, what's funny is I would watch other actors. I would watch the other actors. I, you know, I, I look at a take and I go, great. I want you to do one more, but here's what I want you to get. And let them watch it. It's a comedy. I want you to see it. I hate when you know if we have time and we didn't have a lot of time. Right. I think it's uh, I think it's important if you're doing a comedy to see what's funny and how to make it funnier. Sometimes you don't want people to see like if you're shooting a drama. You don't want them to see because it might change the performance if they're being too self-aware. Uh, right. And um, but for me, I didn't look at my takes. I trusted the first assistant director, first AD, and my producer. And I'd look it over there and like, if Gus, you were the AD, you'd go, that one more. <laughs> that means one more. Uh huh. Or I go, is there anything specific? You need more energy. A little more energy to the scene. I go, okay, cool. And I would do like two, three takes of me, but I'd give most of the other takes to the other actors. Gotcha, yeah. So I just felt like, uh, and I remember the, the editor called me up day four and goes, hey, bud, Sandy. I'm like, hey, Sandy, why are you calling me? Is something wrong? Am I fucking it up? He goes, no, how many takes are you giving yourself? And at that time, I'm like, uh, you know, maybe one or two. He goes, okay. I go, something wrong? He goes, <laughs> No, no, everything's great. I just, I, just remember, you're the lead in the movie. It's all about you, so give yourself more takes. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. And I'm like, okay. So I started to do that a little more. But I just was worried about the other actors thinking, um, you know, I'm giving it all to myself. Yeah. I'm not taking care of them. And at the end, you know, it's like, you got to take care of yourself, too. I heard in an interview, uh, I think it was Ewan McGregor, he was doing his first directing, and he was the one of the characters in it, and... Um, Ben Affleck, I think, told him was like, you got to make sure you get your coverage, because he's like, you know, you all, as a director and an actor, you don't want the other actors, just like you said, to think you're just overshooting yourself. Yeah. But he's like, you forget. You forget because you're looking at everyone else. You're thinking, oh, I got this. Yeah. And, yeah, and you're also like, I, you know, I flew them all out to Indiana, where I grew up in the middle of nowhere, to shoot this little film with wiffle ball and farts and yeah. tr- cruising down Green River Road and shitty little malls and. You know, they were taking their time away from pilot season to do a month with me on this little lowbrow comedy, and yeah. it turned out great. But you want to make them feel like they're coming there to be able to work. Yeah, the best you can. You can, you know, what did Dylan say? I think he said you can please some of the people some of the time, a few of the people all the time. Yes. But you can't please all the people all can't the time. Can't please all the people. All and that's the time. true, man. That's what life. That's what I'm learning. As it's taken me a long time, but you really just can't please everyone. I mean, even if, you know, you do something and all of a sudden you have Instagram and you have uh, a thousand people saying, we love you, you're great, you're funny. Then you have a couple people saying, you're fucking ugly. (laughs) And you're like, you know, you can't, you can't worry about those people. You just got to focus on the positive. Focus on the positive, yeah. And you also directed an episode of Smallville, correct? Yeah, that's what kind of got me in. You know, I, I directed a play in college, but then, you know, I was on Smallville. I was like, this is a perfect opportunity for me. You've got a great crew. They've been doing this for a while. And I'm like, I want to direct an episode. And everybody, it, it's different because you think you're a great director because it's easier. Because mm-hmm. these people have been doing it every week for years. It's the prop guy. He knows what he, this. And, and then there's a the sound guy. So it was, I just had to really tell the story. Right. And so it, was, it, was, it wasn't easy, but it was easier. So I felt like, oh, I could direct a movie. So I directed a short film. I directed this little thing called Gild which is about a giant child, which you can find online. It's hilarious. Okay. Me as an eight-year-old who can't stop growing. <laughs> and we, we like miniaturize the sets. And oh, cool. Carl, Harlan Williams is in it. It's really funny. And I directed a little horror short that went to Scream Fest. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for a movie. But when you direct a movie, uh, everything's different. Like day really? one, I had to fire the sound guys. And it was the hardest thing for me to do because I don't like firing anybody. Why did you have to really fire like them? 
Well, they were just, they seemed a little bit perverted, one of them. Uh, they were saying comments I didn't like. They weren't working fast enough. Um, and I remember I was getting anxiety. It was right after the first day, and I got my producer and my DP and everybody around me, and I, I was kind of shaking a little bit. I could feel like they were looking at me as though he's rattled. Right. And I was just kind of like, um, okay. You know when you get like that, and you're just like, like I know I'm acting like this right now. Yeah. So, I, I, I see how you're looking at me. I was like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, I was like, I'm nervous. I don't, fuck that. Um, and I looked at them, and I just go, we have to fire the, can- the, the, the sound people. And the DP, big bearded Bradley, goes, yep. Yeah. And then Kim goes, mm-hmm. the producer and the AD goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then I go, they're going to bring this ship down. Mm-hmm. And Kim goes, but we're going to have to make it through Friday. And I go, that's three more days. Oh, Why? no. Why? Well, we won't have sound. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you got to hire someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, And they've got to come in, get prepped, and do it. So we, we lasted another three days. And then I felt really bad because they were starting to be better. Oh, but shoot. No, I didn't. I didn't feel better. <laughs> I didn't. They, they would have brought the ship down. Well, that's good. You know, sometimes you got to make moves and, yeah. and and get ahead of the the problem. Yeah. Can you make yourself belch? As bad as I That was get. an inverted belch. That wasn't a belch. That was a <coughs> it was uh, just a little one. It was outward. It was, I just kept my mouth closed. Oh, you can do like big ones. Yeah. You just toss that right over. <laughs> yeah, it's like a magician. In the movie back in the day, which I directed, you uh, I have Harlan Williams. He's a guy from Dumb and Dumber and something yeah. about Mary. You know, he's uh, the cop. You tricking on some of Grandpa's cough medicine? Are you? You know that guy? Yeah. So in the movie, I have him teaching his son how to catch a fart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And throw it. And he's like, and, and you gotta wiggle. And, and it's yeah. like you wiggle. It's like that it's scene lasted so the, long. So and, and you know what? And the producer goes, Michael, do you think this scene's too long? And he goes, What you want to do, buddy, is you want to take the fart, you want to cup it like this, and you want to throw it right there, right underneath the Tom Selleck, right yeah, there, right under the, the Tom and he just Selleck. keeps going. And I go, I, it's one scene. That my brother and I, in the editing sessions, when I was watching it over and over, I just I felt like it was the funniest thing to me. Uh-huh. And I was making the movie for that group of people, yeah. where I think you know farts are funny. And yeah, it went on all along. I remember Sandler watched it and he loved it. He goes, "I fucking loved it, the fucking fart scene, the fucking swatch, and the fucking." And then he gave a, he gave it to I gave it to Todd Gardner, this producer. He wanted to see it, and Todd's like. Yeah, I think you should cut the fart scene, and I think you should cut the, the shit scene in the shower. Oh, like, no. No, and the barf scene's funny. The barf scene. So we got shit, fart, yeah. barf. You got a perfect movie right here. <laughs> and it's a love story. It's not just that, but there's a nice yeah, love story. there was a nice love story. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone was really funny. It was a great movie. Thanks, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Great. Well, I, that's, that's the whole point, right? We yeah. want to make a funny movie, and that's what we did. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you wanting to direct more, or do you like acting better? Yeah, you know what? It's like it's weird. Like when I first started, I just wanted to act. Mm-hmm. I just wanted like that's all I wanted to do. And then I got older, and I started doing a show. And then after 150 episodes of one show, and I mean, remember I was doing? I did a show called Zoe Duncan, Jack and Jane, which lasted a year. I did 26 episodes. I did a show called The Tom Show, 26 episodes done. So one season of that, bunch of pilots, bunch of, and so for me, I mean, I want to do more TV. I want to act more, but you get into other things. Like all of a sudden, I became, I became good friends with became good friends with Carrie Fisher, the late Carrie Fisher, right. who's one of my really close friends. 
And her daughter had, she called me and said, hey, uh, you know, my daughter's a big Smallville fan. Can she have a picture? And I go, uh, can I have a Return of the Jedi picture of you in that outfit with Jabba the Hutt? Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And she sent, blow me, Michael. It's in my office in the picture. And, <laughs> I I, and we just became friends. And I went over there. And I started reading a lot of her shit. And she got me into writing. And she goes, write what you know. So I just started writing all these things about my life. And uh-huh. she goes, you should do something with these things. And that got me into writing. And it was another cool. way of, of escape for me, of just like, how could I be different? How could I do, you know, uh, f- you know, fulfill, be more fulfilled, fill my time with, you know, instead of like just acting and going out and having fun, right? writing. And then I got into directing. And then I just, now I feel like, you know, I want to do music. I'm playing music. I'm yes, doing stand-up comedy. Band. Why not? You know? Yeah. The only thing is... Oh, yeah, you did a couple of nights of stand-up. That's No, right. no, I did 50. 50? I went up oh, on stage. Oh, I had no idea yeah. you did 50. Dang. Harlan Williams got me to do it, and Swartzen and Bobby Lee and these guys, these big comedians. And they said, open for us. And I started going there. And then I started doing the circuit, the... Uh, comedy club. Comedy and, store, yeah. the improv, Laugh Factory. And I started going up every weekend, three or four times a week. And I you know, worked eight minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 20, headline for 25. Um... It was an interesting. Yeah, how was I just that? wanted to test myself. I really felt like, what's holding me back? It's fear. It's just fear. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all anything is is fear. And so if you could overcome that, it's just magical. And it's hard to overcome because I was going up with the big guys like Joe Rogan and Judd Apatow yeah. and you know David Spade and Nick Swartzen and. It stressed the shit out of me. I'm like trying to get energy because I'm so fatigued and stressed and I'm drinking Red Bulls at 10 o'clock to go on for 11 o'clock. Oh, no. We're going on 12 at the Laugh Factory and then I get home at 2 and I'm wired and now I feel great because it was a whole crowd and I did well. Yeah. And it's just like a, it's a different lifestyle. I'm not sure I want to, like what's the goal? I think that with life, you got to figure out what is a hobby and what do you really want to spend? What's your purpose? Yeah. What do you want to spend your time on? Because time's like invaluable. Mm-hmm. And if you don't dedicate most of your time to the thing that you're best at or the thing that you really, really want to do or don't have a real purpose in that, then it's just a waste. And for me, it's like, well, so what am I going to do? Maybe start going on tour in a year? Start doing clubs all over the country. That sounds horrible. <laughs> hey, yeah. Michael Rosenbaum will be in Cleveland at the, the Shard Factory or... Whatever, and it just to me, it's like I don't know if I want to go do six shows a week. Right. That's a lot of energy. It's a lot of like maybe I like to do a special someday, but I don't know if I want to do that work. That right. kind of work. That's like to me that doesn't sound fun. And I have friends that do it, so I started to think, you know, what do you really want? And I, and I do love acting, and I do love uh, writing and directing, and I think that's probably. I think that's awesome that, though that yeah. you just sort of like went for it. You're like ah, this, you know, because you, yeah. you know, everybody knows that you you are funny. Everyone that knows you is you're hilarious. Well, not so. after this interview. <laughs> yeah, but well, you yeah. know, going out and doing that stand-up, that's I would imagine has got to be like the hardest thing because Brand it is respect. when you're not when you're not good at it, it is very clear to everyone if you're not good at stand-up. Brand you know new res- brand new respect for comedians because I always knew it was hard, but when you go on stage in front of a thousand people, five hundred people, whatever it is. And it's like, all eyes on you. They don't care. They want to laugh. And they know yeah. bullshit. And you got to go up and do 20, 25, 30 minutes. Um, and all my stuff was new. So I had no, this was all, everything I had was new. There right. was no like, hey, should I do some of my old stuff? Right. I don't have old stuff. This is all I have. This is all you got. So I just started talking about real life and my crazy family and, you know, just things that I thought were 
that I thought were funny and the response was great. It was just really great and I was like, should I continue to do this? And um, and I'm still, I still want to go back on because I really did enjoy it to a certain degree because there's nothing like that. I remember being doing those plays in high school, like yeah. instant gratification. Instant, yeah. And you know as a musician. Live, yeah. It's just like immediate like, he's funny. Oh my gosh, he made me laugh and making people laugh and making people feel a certain ways is such an amazing thing whether you're acting or a musician or whatever. So I do like it. I just, I have to... I have to. I'm figuring all that. I just have too many yeah. hobbies. I have too many things that I like to do. You know, you I, I hear you playing yeah. hockey with you, music. Now you're doing this fucking show here, like <laughs> you know. So we all have all these things. Like, let's yeah. try, and it's great as long as you have the energy. But when you start getting like, I'm just fucking tired all the time. I'm just not. If you, and you have to enjoy it. Yes. You know what I mean. Yeah. So that's important. That's awesome. Well, speaking of hockey, how did that come out? Come about me, like, me playing hockey. Yeah, you start playing hockey. Or when? I was born in New York, and my dad, uh, he so was a Rangers big, fan? diehard Ranger fan. So we moved to Indiana at a young age when I was like eight, but we were all like hearts of New Yorkers. And okay. so every New York team, so we've been cursed, dude. Fucking Mets are falling apart this year. The Knicks suck my ball sacks. <laughs> the Rangers fucking shit the bed every year. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, every one of the, the Giants, thank God, are the only team that has done anything in the New York Giants football. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I went there, and I, I didn't start late till probably about 13, and... My dad was the president of the Hockey League. He became president of the Hockey League. Oh, nice. And he used to ship us up to Canada to play hockey. And we got pretty good. My brother and I got pretty good. Nice. And uh, I got like an offer for a scholarship for, for our hockey, a half scholarship. But oh, I, cool. But I, I got hurt and I had back surgery oh. the next year. But I ended up playing some uh, fun club hockey, like in Nashville and things, right. competitive league. And I just fell in love with it. I've always loved the sport. I think it's the best sport. And Definitely the best. Sport. To me, they're the most athletic. To be able to skate, they're you know you're on these skates, maneuvering, doing these flying, yeah, down the ice, the checking, the hitting, the shooting, the the coordination that it takes. And it's and, so much faster than any other sport. Yeah, I mean, like my my trainer's like this French guy, and I love him, but he's like he's like, hockey's not a sport. <laughs> I'm maybe a terrible accent. He's like he's like soccer. I'm like, one goal is scored a game. <laughs> yeah. How is that fun to watch? <laughs> No offense, but it's like, oh, and he's kicking the ball, and he's kicking the, still kicking the ball. They are kicking the ball. Oh, he kicked it far. <laughs> I mean, I just, yeah. I mean, it's great. They're athletic. They are super athletes. They, they are powerful. Yeah. I love, I love, actually, I love, really love soccer, but I'm just like, don't tell me that hockey's not a sport. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you are crunching people against boards. You are, like, shooting a puck at the speed of light. You're, like, turning on a dime. You're backwards. You're forwards. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it very, a very quick game. I love it. I really love it. And if I you haven't gone too. to a hockey game, right, you go to a hockey game and watch it live, it's a, it's oh, a different yeah. game. It's yeah. a different game. But then you also realize what a man you're not. <laughs> totally, you right? You know, it's like yeah. I'm around, I have hockey friends, that, you know, the players, my friend Burns, he goes, Rosie, why don't you come to San Jose? I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to. He's like, we're going to come to training camp. I'm like, I'm on the next flight. <laughs> and I flew there and I trained with the San Jose Sharks for three days, skated with them, meals. Oh, Worked my out God. with them, Joe Thornton, everybody. So and, cool. Yeah, and that's when I was like, I'm not a man. Yeah. That's when I realized I wasn't a man. Oh my God. So that's today so cool, on the though. show, I am announcing. <laughs> you are not. No, I'm not. I mean, I have a penis, but I felt like just like I didn't have a penis. Right. I, 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 yeah, I mean, especially with those guys. I mean, you know, oh, that's, that's a big, great big bodies. Team. I would comment on their bodies in the, in the locker. Like, God, you have a. It's out of envy. It's not like a perversion. Like, I'm, I want to, you know, lick their balls or anything. It's right. more like. You know, it's more like, uh, oh my God, Thornton, you got a great body. I mean, you're really, 
And he, nice physique. He's he, like 40s, right? Yeah, and he looks at me like, why is a dude telling me this? Yeah. Because I'm comfortable with my sexuality. I'm going to go have sex right after I said that. <laughs> after I said I'm that. totally cool with what I'm saying. Like, That's so cool. I, I remember uh, Mike Madonna with the Dallas Stars. I was doing a, a piece for the Best Damn Sports Show. It used to be on the air. And Tom Arnold gave me the mic and the camera crew. Uh-huh. And he was being interviewed. And it was a really intense like game. And there were, all these mics are there. And I'm just like Mike Madonna with the microphone. And he's got like no shirt. And I go, and everybody's like, Mike, you've had a five-game struggle. You know, what's going on? What's going on with the, with the team? You've lost. Three, like, it's all, everybody's serious. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, imagine this dumbass right here going, Mike, you have a great body. How do you do it? And he's like, <laughs> he literally, all the mics are here, and then they all start disappearing. <laughs> and he goes, uh... I don't know. I work out. <laughs> like, I'm just I play hockey. So uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, that's funny. Athletes. I always wanted to be an athlete. I'd rather. I think it's much cooler to be an athlete than it is a. I've actor. spoken to, to the to the few athletes that I've spoken to. They all think it's cooler to be a, a musician or an actor. You you know you always want what you're not or yeah. you can't be. Grass is always green. On but the we play side. hockey for fun and we have a we great do. time. That's it's my favorite hobby for sure. You have a great body. That, uh, you do as well. Oh, you were hesitant. You do <laughs> as well. I have. Let's just it's say one of those where you try to like return the compliment. Yeah. I've been out of working. Phil, Phil, come on. Oh yeah, you're solid. Yeah, I'm, I've been working out. You send me those emails that your trainer's doing like special deals all the time. So you must be. He, you must be. Well, I'm just trying to get him work. Yeah, but so no, he's great. He's a great trainer, and he he does give great packages, and he's. Uh, He's a kickboxer, world champion kickboxer. Oh, like, this guy's wow, nice. tough. So like he'll te- we'll box one day and then he'll train me one day and he's uh, he's intense. It's good. How how many days a week do you do that? Um, now three I, in the last couple weeks, but before that uh, zero. <laughs> so you picking I, it up? I, I I go in and out. Like I'll go two or three weeks and then I'll work out hard for a couple months and it's just like you need a break. Sometimes you just need to say, hey, I'm gonna do nothing. I'm gonna eat in and out yeah, burgers. You do. You know. You guys don't have to worry about that, Gordy and Girth. They they, they they can eat what they want at your age. You're like, oh my God, I'm indestructible. And one day it's going to hit you. Yeah. One day you're going to look down while you're having sex. or You're going to be like, I'm disgusted. <laughs> How is she having sex with me? Or he. Whatever you want, Gordy. <laughs> oh, man. What a treat, huh? I love it. I love every single thing <laughs> that, it, man. that has ever come out of your mouth. is is amazing. We fist bumped. We did. Such a douchebag. <laughs> I want to know though. Being out in LA, are you a Kings fan? Yeah, here's the deal. Um, I became a Kings fan. I became a Lakers fan. But first is always Rangers. Same. First is always the, the the Knicks. It's always Mets or New York first. Yeah. And uh, it's for me. It's Colorado first, and then Kings. Yeah. And uh, you know, Los but Angeles. I, and I was really rooting for the Kings when they and then they won a couple of cups. Then they get kind of cocky. <laughs> and it's just like, here's my thing. I'm a, I'm a lovable loser. I really love the underdog. I always have. You know, when I make softball teams, I organize co-ed softball. I always try to make my team not as good. Just oh, yeah? because I like... I, losing by a couple is better than winning by many. Yes. To me, I don't, I don't like that. I like competition. And I'd mm-hmm. rather lose and it would be a good game. That's, that's how I've always been. So when the Kings started winning so much, it was just like, fuck this. Like, this year, <laughs> I was like, fuck the Penguins. Fuck, come mm-hmm. on, San Jose. Come on, anybody but the Penguins. Come on, yeah. Capitals. They've never I'm, had. I was it. pulling big time yeah, for the Caps. Yeah, come on, man. Ovechkin's a great player. He's a he's, seems like a dick, but he's you know he's a good he's a great player. Yeah. So I want you know I like the underdog to win. I want people that haven't won. I want 
You don't want Tom Hanks to win the Oscar every. Well, maybe I like. <laughs> I do like He's Tom an exception. Hanks. <laughs> I just interviewed his uh, son on my uh, my show. On, oh, really? On my podcast. Yeah. Very cool. Yes, yeah, so you have the podcast. How, what what did uh, what sparked that inspiration? You know, I just for years I, I feel like you know I'm a people's person. I like talking to people. I like bringing out the good things out of them. And mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know what it is, but I think I just I just enjoy it. And I'm able to get things out of people without insulting them, without like and getting you know good things out of them. But just conversations and letting yeah. them open up because I'm very comfortable and I just try to make things just easy going and real. And so a lot of people were talking to me about it and my producer now, Rob, was like, dude, just try it. So I started inviting all my celebrity friends and, and musicians and like yourself and actors like yourself and dancers like yourself. <laughs> and I just like started interviewing them and I, I realized, wait, this is fun and this yeah. is... Uh, there's something special about this. I don't know. I feel like I have a knack for it. And, you know, it became therapy for me. It's weird. These interviews become therapy not only for me, but for the the audience. That's cool, yeah. And what, what happens is, like Kristen Bell, you know, will talk about depression and anxiety. And I'll talk to this other guy, one actor who had a stroke in the middle of, like, a convention. And, like, we wow. talk about real things yeah. and funny things and dark things and uh, adversity they face and how they deal with pressure and and it just has become really special to me. It's really cathartic awesome. and, I, and I feel like people that listen to it, if they gave it a chance, they're always like, oh my God, now I want to go back and listen to all of them because yeah. it is therapy. It really is for the audience who think that you know this guy, oh my God, he was the top of his career, he's this, he's that, he shouldn't have any stress, he shouldn't have anxiety, he shouldn't, yeah. and then you realize, oh my God, look what he had to suffer with. You realize that they're just human. It doesn't matter how much money you make, it doesn't matter uh, what you've done or what you haven't done, we're all humans, Yeah. You know, and we're all going to the same fucking place. You should have uh, Burns on the show. Oh, he's going to come on the show. Yeah. It's also great, I have these idols, these icons come into my house, like Henry Winkler, the Fonz, and... Um, you know, uh, Tara Lipinski, the gold medal figure skater, and, yeah. you know, R5, and <laughs> seriously, and like um, Colin Hanks and Kristen Bell and Justin Hartley from This Is Us, and just a wide variety of people coming in, and you're able to sit down and have an intimate conversation, and that's it's awesome. I think it's so cool, and yeah. it, it's especially like podcasts are really, really popular nowadays, and I think it's just so awesome that you have an, an outlet in that, and I love what yeah. you're doing with the with the show. I love being on it. We had we had a oh, great time. Oh, it's so fun because I felt like you guys were. It's like mostly when you do interviews, you know this. It's like they're like, so Riker, yeah. uh, tell us about <laughs> the new single. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, so uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's like for us, it was like, hey, dude, let me, you guys hated you had to hate each other as kids. <laughs> you're like, well, and then I'm like, what about your sister? Did she hate being around so many guys? And like, what's the you know? Did your parents were they did getting along with it? And I'm like asking questions that are just like, how did you become Riker? Yeah. Ultimately, it's like that's what I want to find out. What makes you tick? Yes. Exactly. Why are you you? And mm-hmm. like, I did two of you at the same time. That sounded weird, but like, <laughs> you know, I want to have you on again. So. And I'd love Ross to. separately, so I could talk about different things and just yeah. really. But it's definitely it's uh, having Ross on again uh, after his. I mean, his career has gone through so much since we were on the show. Yeah, it, uh, you'd have some much new stories and cool experiences that that it would be really cool because obviously he's on. He's doing the Netflix show now. He did My Friend Dahmer. Oh, my friend Dahmer was terrific. You went and saw it. Oh yeah, brah. <laughs> I was I was honestly blown away, dude. Isn't I, that, I, I was blown away. I'm too. watching it, and for the first ten minutes, you watch anything, you're like, oh, there's Rosenbaum, or oh, there's Ross, yeah. And then within 25 minutes, 
or 30 minutes, I'm just lost. In yeah, this. you're like, and, and I thought it was really dark mm -hmm. and sad and enlightening yeah. and funny at times. And it, and I was shocked that he was able to, because he hasn't done tons of things. No. And it was amazing how he somehow created this character and sold it. Yeah. Completely sold it. And the direction of that movie was just brilliant. I I, uh, I loved it. Yeah, I, truly I think. Uh, Were you I blown away? I was absolutely blown away. I think that uh, award season was missed on on that one. I just, I, think, I did too. I think it was just one of those things where you know they, they didn't have enough money to promote it and, and do do all go through all that stuff that you have to do. Yeah. Yep. But um, you know, I think it'll be like one of those where in a, a couple years people will look back and be like that. Yeah, that that's Cult one movie, of those yeah. that is uh, you know one of the best movies that was totally missed by yeah, I agree. at the time. You know? I agree wholeheartedly. It was fantastic. Do you want to act more? I do. I've been, uh, that's sort of, uh, I mean, besides from this show, uh, this whole year because of the whole R5 situation, uh, I've been taking this whole year focusing on acting. And, Are you taking um, class? No, I'm not taking class. You don't take class. Yeah, I, I never, I, I, mean, don't, I, I did in the beginning. Yeah. And, you know what's a great thing to do is go to Groundlings. Take some improv classes. I, you know, I shit. I do like improv, uh, and I I did a lot of that like in Colorado um, when I was just t when I was just learning, you know, doing stuff before we moved out here. And I've I've done a couple classes, but I I really I really like auditioning because I, I I like just that's the worst. It I is, hate auditioning. I do I I don't like the whole. I I like learning lines, and I like preparing a character and being yeah. that, and then performing it. I don't like I, I don't like the audition process. Oh no no no! That, that freaks me out to this day. That's the hardest thing for me to do is, like, there's a, there's a weird thing with auditioning for things because you get this information and you are thinking immediately, I'm not going to get this. <laughs> there's a million other guys that are going to get this. I have the, I have gonna the be, opposite problem. You think you're going to get it? I think I'm going to get everything I ever see. I don't. I, maybe I thought that <laughs> back when, but. Like, I, it's, it's almost like I don't want to try so hard. It's a terrible way to look at things. Oh, that's funny. But it's like, oh, fuck. If I really put my mind on it and I really worked on it, I'm going to be, I know I'll fucking crush it. Yeah. But, like, what if I do that and I don't get it? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. I think it's because I did that for so long that I did feel like the way you were talking about. Yeah. But I don't audition a ton anymore. But for important things, for things that I really, really think I could actually get, like, if it's a, it's a character that I'm like, that's me. That's mm -hmm. me. Give me this material. Like there was this FX show that I auditioned for, that I really wanted to do. They were doing a, uh, uh, what was that show? Um, what we do in the shadows. The documentary about. It was a mockumentary about. What's his name? TD something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's this movie that came out. You should see it. What we do in the shadows. They, they're okay. doing a TV show, and I auditioned for this, and it was like playing a vampire. Oh, but cool. But it's in modern times, and a camera crew is following you. Oh. So it's like The Office, but with vampires, like. When I was, you know, I used to be this great vampire, you know, this, this, I lived in a castle and yeah. I fucked everything. <laughs> I mean, everything, seriously, everything I fucked comes in there, I fucked it, you know. And I fucking went in there and I thought I destroyed it. I was yeah. like, this is me. And you don't get it, but it's like, that's okay, because I really want it. So you're right, if, if you really want something, you gotta fight for it. Yeah, you do. And, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know why, I just have, I, especially like, Sometimes I walk out of some. Sometimes I walk out of the room. I do think the whole process is a is a bullshit process because you get one. Usually it's like one chance to do the scene, which is not realistic. Right. You you never in in a That's filming true. a TV show they'll never be like all right you got no, one take. No, it's like ten takes. Yeah. It's a wide. It's a close up. It's so all there's these there's so many different 
options there. And then the audition process is usually only one. Sometimes they give you notes and you do it again. But I just like... You're, you're, you're a rare breed. Like, you like to go in there and you like the competition. You're like, come I, on. I baby. like the competition a little bit. And I, I like I said, I just I like learning my lines and I like going for it. I, I like being a character. I like figuring out what I'm going to wear. You the got audition. balls of steel. I mean, you did Dancing with the Stars in front of millions <laughs> of people on TV. And to me, if you could do that, you really, what, what can't you not do? Uh, thanks. So to me, if you could do Dancing with the Stars, like, for some reason, I feel like, I don't know, but in my head, my penis would flop out somehow. <laughs> I'm dancing. I'm doing a triple Lindy. Oh, God. Yeah, my balls pop out. I'm like, oh, Michael Rosenbaum's balls. More news at nine. I'm like, ah, I don't want that to happen. I feel like I'm you embarrassed. You don't want to pull a Lenny? I'll say the wrong thing. I say the wrong thing at times. I don't know if you know that about me. I love I don't it. mean I think to. I think, I think 90, I, I don't mean, like, I don't try to. I just, whatever's on my mind, that's how my mind yeah, operates. Yeah, it just rolls out. Yeah, it rolls out. And sometimes you say something, you're like, Hey, I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean you had a fat ass. I just was saying that fat asses are in, and you're in, mom. <laughs> you know, and that's that's something that just happens. Yeah. You know, my mom once said that. She goes, Michael, do these jeans make my ass look fat? I'm like, no. Your ass makes your ass look fat. <laughs> you're fucking grounded. Yeah. You know. So uh, it's life, man. You just. Gotta... I do think Dancing with the Stars was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. For Dude. sure. Um, I couldn't do it. I mean, maybe at your age, I could. my body could do I it. I think you could. You got rhythm. You're a musician. You probably Yeah, but you really moved. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I don't think it's the right thing for me. Yeah. Not well, right now. maybe. I like dancing naked in front of my mirror, though. I always think I'm going to get on that lip sync thing, that show. Oh. I always feel like, you know, God, I'd kill it. Like, I'm scared because I think I'd we kill it. We should go. Don't they do battles? Why don't we do it? Let's do it. I'm in. I would do some old Starship. Remember Starship? Sarah, Sarah, I like no it. time is a good time for goodbye. You don't know it? Mm-mm. Okay. Maybe if I heard like the full thing. You know, you know, you know, you know Starship. Uh, what's that Starship? I'm asking these guys. They're 15. How old are you, Gus? 17. Oh, I'm an asshole. You're 17. <laughs> well, we are uh, in that age range of uh, the Marvel Universe. Yes. We're big fans. Oh, yes. And you... Are in Guardians of the Galaxy. Are you so? What, yeah. How did you get the whole all right silver so diamond thing? <laughs> so the character's name is Martin X in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was one of the original Guardians of the Galaxy, and James wanted to incorporate him and some so other characters. So you are technically a Guardian of the Galaxy. Well, in this one, I'm a Ravager. Okay. So in this universe, he's made us Ravagers. And um, you know, he's one of my best friends, James. He directed the first, the second. He's directing the third. He's also directed a lot of other stuff. And he said, hey, um, I know you're filming a show right now. It's filming in Pastor. He says, do you want to have this part in uh, Guardians? I said, yeah, dude. He goes, it's, listen, it's a small part, but it has the potential, and I want this character to be in other ones. Uh-huh. And you're going to be working with Stallone. I'm like, you're like, duh. For like two weeks. <laughs> so I went on set. We had, you know, we had to do fittings and stuff. And so it's me. It's my body. It's my and they put these dots on my face and created something around me. Okay. So it's me and my voice, but they created this diamond-like character yeah. around me. And I think that it'll probably be a little more enhanced and a little more. Um, hopefully, I'll be a little more noticeable. Maybe it's up to him. But uh, we were in the end credits as well, and yeah. I interviewed him on my podcast. Oh, I you said, did. And I said, James, so uh, is Stallone coming back? He's like. Yeah, why would I have him in the end credits if he wasn't coming back? I'm like, well, you know who else was in the end credits? <laughs> He's like, who? I go, me. 
Martin X. He's like Martin X. So you know, James. James is goofing with me, but I have a feeling we're going to be. We're, we're waiting to find out which one, and you know, hopefully it's the third one. But I, I don't know that yet. Right. But uh, it'd be nice. It was. A, it was a lot of fun, and a lot of my friends were on there. His brother Sean Gunn works on it. I know Pratt. Chris is great. Um, Karen Gillen's a friend. Um, all those guys are just great people, and yeah. um, it's a fun set to be on. I would imagine that would be a really fun set. Oh, every, dude! I was singing feels... songs with Stallone every day on yeah. set. It was great. Oh, that's he awesome. signed my Rambo lunchbox. Really? Yeah, dude. He got Very it. Yeah. cool. Keep killing, Rambo. <laughs> awesome. Do you incorporate uh, impressions in your stand-up ever? I feel like you're yeah, really good. I do. I, I tried one thing where I was doing stand-up. I was like, uh, you ever wonder what it would be like to have sex with Owen Wilson? I was like, oh yeah, this is great. It's like, oh, I don't know. It's like my nose is crooked, but it's like, oh, I'm like really enjoying this. I know my brother Luke is like really like. I would do stuff like that, or I would yeah. do, um, but like it's funny because when I do cartoon voices and I did the voice, yeah, of the, you do a ton of. I that. did the voice of the Flash for the Justice League for years, and um, I've done tons of video games. There's a new Lego game coming out. I did, and they, Bruce Tim, the creator of the Justice League animated series, would say, "Hey, do your Christopher Walken for the Scarecrow character." I'm like, "Batman, you suck. I'm gonna kill you. Listen, you don't know anything, Batman." And he goes, "Oh, do your Kevin Spacey for Deadshot," and I'm like. No, listen to me, Batman. No, damn it. You're going to listen to me now or I'm taking down your whole clan. And then he'd go, oh, do your Malkovich. he go, no, Batman, you don't know what I'm... And I would just do all these things. <laughs> so great. And it was just fun. It was yeah. just like, oh my God, I'm getting paid to do this? So... And you're really good. I haven't well, seen you I do just, that I never left the house when I was in high school or college. <laughs> I just stayed at home and I just... I remember just like sitting home and watching the trailer for Jaws on my Laserdisc player on a Saturday <laughs> night. I had no friends, and I'm just like memorizing the trailer, right. the voice. Like, no creature has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without fear, without logic. It is as though God created the devil and gave him jaws. See it before you go swimming. And I just I memorize it. That's, I know it sounds yeah. kind of, it's not, but it's not cool. I mean, I just thought it was I think cool. It, I'm going to learn that. I think it's cool. Well, thanks. Like, especially with, you know, <laughs> that talent. It came from that, essentially. The fact that you can hear a voice and imitate it. Just, is, just at home. Yeah. My parents are out, and I'm home Saturday night watching Saturday Night Live, and they'd come home and go, what happened on SNL? And I would do all the characters. You just did it all. I would do, I was like, church lady. Hello again, this is the church lady. This is church chat. And I would do Fernando. My daddy always told me, it's better to look good than to feel good. He could look marvelous. And I would do all these characters. Like, oh my God, do the George Bush, do the... Yeah. And that's because I just spent so much time watching TV and listening. And, and that's all I had. And my grades were failing. <laughs> but I managed to make a career out of, you know... Well, the, we all know the school about. system is, you know, that's so old. And it, yeah. can, it can be wildly updated. It needs to be. So yeah. it doesn't... You're, you're still you're wildly successful. You're doing yeah, great knock things. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, brother. I hope that the, the new pilot gets sold. I, I Me hope, too. I hope Thank it makes you. it happen. I love this has been one of my favorite episodes. Dude, this is the best. Man. Thank you're you the best. So I'm glad much. you're doing this. Yes. And you're gonna come back on the Yes. Come back on the hug. Oh come on. Come on.